Episode 9 is Blackie, uh, also known as Stuart Black. Uh, Blackie's a former Elgin City goalkeeper. He also played in the Highland League for Lossie and most recently up here at Dufferin. Um, he's currently playing for Harrogate Railway um, down in England. Um, Blackie was at Elgin for many years. Um, he's got quite a few good stories about his time, different coaches and different players he played with. Um, and speaks a little bit about his idols and actually getting to meet his idols. Um, seems to be something about goalkeepers as well. Um, they're quite generous people. Blackie's also given me some um, gear for my goalkeepers for our development squad, for our welfare team. Um, so we appreciate that. Um, I hope you enjoy the episode. Episode nine, um, we're back after the Christmas break. Welcome back to the Football Journals. Um, my first guest back is Stuart Black. Um, how are you, Blackie? Thank you for coming in. Uh, you're very welcome. You've actually um, travelled a long way to meet us today. And <laughs> do you know what? See when you know, see when you said you want to come on, I was like, yes, absolutely, hundred percent. I'm coming. I, I don't care uh, where I am in the world at the moment. I, I was coming on. Um, so yeah, Darlington. Yeah. You know. Came up after work last night. You know, Dar- Darlington's not far, considering I play for the Harrogate Railway. Yeah. It's another hour south, but, you know, with the way things have worked out, you know, it's perfect timing, actually. Because I almost, like, I was I was going to mess you Thursday. I'm like, this snow's not kind of disappearing. Are you sure about this? And then it kind of cleared up. I'm like, no, I need, we need to get going. So I'm glad you're my first episode back. I said to you as I was messaging you, I've got, like, a little soft spot for goalkeepers. I was a goalkeeper as a kid. Um, you got to be a bit of a character to be a goalkeeper, or a bit of a it's a lonely, lonely position at times. Um, yes, especially up here. I, I've, my first, my first question is always the same question, um, but I just kind of want to get in a little bit of first about why goalkeeping. So, Alan Main, Alan Main, Alan Main. Do you know? I used to tell people. That one of my earliest memories of actual football and actual goalkeepers was Fabian Bartes, and I couldn't really pinpoint why. Like this was this was young. This was like seven, eight, nine years old, and tell people, yeah, I've seen Fabian Bartes play, and I I put it down to you know McDermott Park being opened by Man United and St Johnston, but that happened in nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. So that's clearly bullshit. Yeah. And then. It dawned on me, I'd seen the picture online of, of Fabian Bartes and Alan Main in the McDermott Park Tunnel. And then I kind of put two and two together. My first ever game, I assumed, was a St. Johnson Rangers game because it was loud, it was noisy, I didn't like it. And Monaco played in that half and half red and white, but going across the way. And Rangers quite often had kits like that. Yeah. I was like, no, my first game was St. Johnson Monaco 3 3. That's mad. It's, yeah. it's, nuts. it's a big game. A massive game. And bless him, uh, my dad took me out because I hated it. The atmosphere was too loud. It was too noisy. I hated it. So we sat on the hill at Tesco and you know you could only see a little bit of the ground, but we watched the game from there. And then I don't know what happened. After that, I caught the bug. And then it was the goalies. It yeah. was the goalies that caught my attention and... I say Alan Main because he was the number one at the time, but it was Kevin Cuthbert, the young number two that had come in. I thought, this guy's really good. Yep. And then they kind of, 
I don't want to say they pied him off. They got Ludovic Roy in. And again, I don't know if it was just his name. I don't think I ever actually seen him play. I believe his two games were both away from home. But just flicking through the programme and seeing pictures of him, I'm like, oh, that, that, that looks quite nice. And then we got, you know, God rest his soul, we got Alan Miller in. You know, funnily enough, Middlesbrough connection as well, because I work in Middlesbrough now as well. Literally, you know, I could throw a stone from my work to the Riverside Stadium. Yeah. It's funny how <laughs> things work out, but yeah, just... I just thought goalies looked awesome. They just they just looked... It was nothing to do with the diving about in the mud. It was just... Kits and things like that. And yeah, yeah. A bit and, different, wasn't it? Yeah, just different. Yeah. No, it's... Um, I, I was a little bit the same when I was a kid... Like my my hero when I was a kid was Rab Douglas. Like just yeah. the sheer size of Rab Douglas. Big I boy. I wanted to be Rab Douglas. As, like my dad had really big hands, and I remember Rab Douglas had really big hands. And you, you know you always look up to your dad and things like that. Uh-huh. Um, and I just thought I'm going to develop into uh, Rab Douglas. Never like I'm I'm five foot eight now. <laughs> you know I'm nowhere near the size of Rab Douglas. But he was, and you know Rab Douglas wasn't the strongest of keepers, but he was just like, um. Whoever was the number one in your boyhood team was 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 your your idol, wasn't it? Yeah. It, it was. It could it could have been anyone. It could it could. It's just your boyhood team, your number one, and your number two. You could always name the number two. Like yeah. our number two was Magnus Hedman. He was another big lad. Like I had no yeah. chance. I had no chance. But um, okay, we're going to go back to my original format because I, I had to come away for the last two episodes. Let's just say from my my format a little bit. Um, because I've had Alan and Frazee on so and I'm going to have to come a little bit away for the format tonight because we've got some stories that are going to go both ways uh-huh. Stuart but um, how good a, a good, uh, good a football player were you as a kid and what age did you kind of get spotted at? Um, I, do you know the best way to answer that is I really don't know kind of I when, I when I say I was late to football I didn't really take to you know your audience is going to love us I'd love trains <laughs> when I was growing up, I loved trains, I wanted to be a train driver. And then all the boys were playing football at school and I still wanted to go and play with my trains. But nobody wanted to play with me, so I started playing football. Aye. And then, so I would say probably primary two, so probably about six, six, seven-ish, primary, primary two, primary three, I, I really took to football and my mum would put me to these, you know, like football camps and football things that kind of run through the day and that and... St. Johnson were really good with the community. I always say that they're the first community club. You know, they had their first astro pitch outside the stadium, one of the first clubs to do that. And they would hold this big training event on this astro. You know, you pretty much just like eight pitches, just go ham, play football, and whoever's the best got the be green card. Yeah, oh, mind the green cards. Uh, and yeah. um, I, I, I very rarely got one. I very really got one, but sorry, it get back to your point when I realised I was half decent was or not realised, I thought I was half decent was there was a photographer came round and started taking pictures of players to use in the the summer brochure for the football camp, you know, do you want to come to this one or this one or this one? And they used a picture of me. Right. Skinhead, <laughs> um wearing my St. Johnson outfield kit and I, I need to get this right, champagne predators on. Wow. Oh, yeah. yeah, and I, you know, quality boots. and I've quality boots. And I've got the the worst <laughs> facial expression, and this this went round all the schools in Perth, all the community centres. It was my face that that was used used for this. It's like, 
wow, this is this is pretty because I I nobody told me, nobody said anything. I just walked past the notice board at school and I was like, that's me. <laughs> How did you take to celebrity status? <laughs> uh, not well, because I became the youngest goalkeeper to play for my school at the time, Our Ladies in Perth. Um, traditionally, they only picked primary six and seven year olds. So working by the time I would have been in primary four. And we went to, similar at the football festivals we do here, um, we went to one of them at McDermott Park of the Astro. It was horrendous. Horrendous. I got battered, you know. I remember crying during one of the games and, and the coach had to kind of come up to me like, I know you're not enjoying this, but, you know, you've got to see this. You're here for a reason because we believe in you. You know, we think you're good enough to be here. You know, so go and show us why you're good enough to be here. And you just, you're wiping back the tears and you're like, okay, I'm going to do my best. It was it was awful. I hated it. I hated it. And I didn't know if I wanted to do it again. Um, But I did. And then my best friend's dad kind of, they had a team called Bridge of Ern. Okay. And, well, they didn't have a team. Bridge of Ern are like the local schoolboy team that play in, in the leagues, you know, a lot of St. Johnson players have come through there, like Liam Gordon and yeah, Mark Baxter as well. So I went and played with them on a Sunday in goal. You know, my first game for them, we could beat 10-0 off of Ken Ross. And just remember this big, massive puddle in the goal. But I didn't cry in that game. I had, I fucking loved that game. I was, I really enjoyed that game, soaking wet, covered in mud. And that was when I was like, this is goalkeeping. I this is all about this is amazing and after that i, I kind of kicked on because we went back to going back to our ladies the next year in primary five that's when my family moved back north um so like my dad's from lossy my mum grew up in lambride but you know he was with a hydro got a good job so the hydro relocated him to perth and that's how i ended up there so anyway back to our ladies um Again, they did kind of like an inter-school thing and they just picked players from here and players from there and this this class and, and that class and, and whatever it was and I was picked for the goalkeeper. Again, primary five up against these six and seven, primary sixes and sevens and I remember going across to the local corner shop and you know getting your five-piece sweets back then and... You know, the primary sevens always looked massive, but there was this guy called Murray who was a goalkeeper, and he was huge. And he went, "You think you're so good, don't you? You've stolen my spot. You think you're brilliant." <laughs> and I'm like, "I don't pick the team, mate." But anyway, I got player of the tournament, and then you Showed know it, it was it was given out during assembly, so I got a ball and I got a nice pair of gloves. And Mister Orange, who was the janitor, and Mister Adamson, who was the like the admin assistant in the office, I think. I don't really know his job title, which is awful. I feel bad about that. But they pulled me and said, you're going to play for Rangers. You just just stick in, you're going to go and play for Rangers and move back up the road. So, so yeah, that was kind of about the time I realised I was actually half decent at being a goalie. Yeah, that cracking answer, mate. Um, I'm kind of, well, you, you've kind of nailed this the first Three questions there, Stuart. I, I like it. I like it, mate. Um, how did they move to Elgin City Youth come about? So, again, I'll give you the long answer. Um, this is what my granda said. Bless him. He passed away just before Christmas. Um, I believe Arthur Henderson, who was head of the community 
at St Johnston had phoned Ross County and said, look, you've got a... There's a young lad coming up. You know, he's moving to the area, he's moving to the Elgin area. You know, do you want to come and have a look at him? And Arthur Jack was kind of doing what Craig does now with the community, but he was doing it for, for Ross County. So I went to, what would you call them, satellite schools? Yes. So uh, I went to one of them in in Lossie, and I think I was the oldest one there. And because I, there wasn't many of us, there were maybe six, seven, eight of us, but I certainly felt felt the biggest and, and the tallest and the fastest and the strongest, you know, and from there, Arthur was like, well, do you want to come and train with the... Would it have been under 12s at the time? Excuse me. Under 12, 11, 12s at the time, we've got a goalie coach, Gary Watt. And I had already met Gary. Um, so that's a slightly different story, but that that was brilliant. So I went to that, and that's when I first met Sean McIntosh. Yep. Toshi at Vale. Um, and Craig Bain, who was a good goalie, who went on to... Elgin under 17s. I don't know if he played for Bucky, but he was a shit hot goalie as well. And Ian Anderson. Yeah, I know Ian. One yeah. of the best goalies. It's a shame he's not playing anymore. Yeah. You know, I went to school with Ian. A great guy as well. And you know, the only reason, <laughs> this is bad, the only reason I got in the school team is because Ian wasn't allowed to play for the school team. Because he was at County. Yeah. 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 He, do you know, it's funny that you were saying earlier how it all links, but I used to look at Ian and think, this guy's brilliant. Why did Ross County not take him? And then obviously Joe Mallon was the goalie of the same age group. And I was like, I obviously met Joe Mallon later on. I was like, that's why. Yeah. That's why. But anyway, I hated it. Yeah. I hated going to Kinloss. Uh, I hated it. And, you know, I was making excuses not to go, sore stomach, this and that, didn't want to go. And then there was one training session where the head of youth had come down and it was Dave McConaughey. Um, was he head of youth at Elgin or was he Ross Jack's assistant for a while um, he was certainly on the coaching team with mm -hmm. Ross Jack I remember that Like, I think he was head of youth I don't want to do him a disservice because I've got a lot of time for Dave Yeah. Um. anyway he phoned my mum and mum came back and picked me up and we had a a long discussion about it and she said do you want to keep doing this and I was like no I don't want to keep doing this I, I, I don't enjoy the travel I don't enjoy I enjoy the goalkeeping but I don't enjoy having to pass the ball I don't enjoy having to run and I would I'd love the slide tackle but without doing the young lads a disservice they were all arseholes yeah yeah they're all arseholes none of them try to make me f that's not true I I was actually part of Frank McGettrich's group so I went the year down mm -hmm. and they were they were really nice um yeah, the, the, it just it just wasn't good enough. Uh, not good enough. I just didn't want to be there. I just didn't enjoy it. Yeah, an off-putting time for you. Yeah, so... Did I, that almost kind of put you away from football altogether, Blackie? No. 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 Yeah, you still um, had the passion for the game in that. Yeah, because I was still the school goalie mm -hmm. for Lambride at the time. I, when I moved up, I pretty much got that straight away. Yeah. Um, played in two tournaments for them in Primary 5 as well, which again was unheard of at Lambride. It was the the... Sixes and sevens it went, I don't get me wrong, it was it wasn't the best. Yeah. Did you play in the boys league? So I played in the boys league in primary six and that's where Nigel picked me up. Yeah. Nigel Burgess, great guy. You know, he love he rubs a lot of people up the wrong way, but 
I wouldn't change him. I think he's brilliant. Yeah. You know, the, what he did for the young goalies of Murray is, is something ridiculous. You know, Michael Miel, myself, Kami Farker, um, Trevor Deer, Ollie Kelly. There's more that I'm missing, but he brought them through and a lot of them went on to play Highland League. And, yeah. you know, Stars as well. I, you know, I played Highland League. Stars is still there. Yeah. Ollie Kelly's still at Elgin. You know, Trevor's self employed now, so he doesn't bother with football. But, you know, Michael Miel, great goalkeeper mm -hmm. as well. You know, he brought all them through, you know, the coaching staff, you know, him and JJ, the goalies, were just brilliant. Yeah. JJ, madman, loved him. Shortest goal I've ever seen. <laughs> great guy. Yeah. Great guy. And, you know, I, I don't I don't know what happened with Nigel. I don't know if he agreed to start coaching me, or like training with me before the start of every game um, because I was in the Suns team. And then Robbie Hope came sniffing about, but I was still with Ross County at the time. Yep. And I said, oh, I'll need to let you know. And I think Robbie, like, I think it was three or four times he asked me and I still kind of, I, I didn't know, you know, what to do. And then eventually my best pal, Stuart Allen, his mum came round to the house after they'd been training with Murray Select. And says, look, Murray's slightly looking for a goalie, you know, would, would Stuart be interested? I said, sure, yeah. And then just, I've been with Elgin from there, so I must have been 12. Yep. 12, and was it Elgin till I was 21? I've said it before, I've said it on multiple podcasts, the Boys League is the place to get picked up. I'm a coach in the Boys League. Yeah. St Giles Juniors, that's my team. Um, I've got quite a few parents who probably listen to this, can you kind of back that up, Blackie? That is a place to get picked up. It is. Yeah. You know, and and raw talent, I, I do, I don't want to put anybody off, but I do worry about youth development in Elgin. That mm -hmm. Because for a while, there was talk that Elgin aren't allowed to do it. You know, there was, so when I was in the under 15s, I was still training at the RAF camp, so I must have been under 15s. We weren't allowed to do the boys league okay. because they were concerned that all the Elgin players would, would oversaturate and then the, the ones that aren't is, haven't developed yet mm. wouldn't get picked up so they took the Elgin boys sorry I should say they took the Elgin youth boys out of the boys league yep. but um, got a phone call one day from Tiger Porter you know are you, are you available to play for one of the boys league teams who don't have a goalie you know you can do that instead of training I'm like superb yeah. But happy to do that, no bother. In fact, actually, it was Mike Miel that phoned me one, the first time because it was it was his team that needed the goalie. Mm -hmm. And I turned up thinking I was going to play with his team, but I didn't. I ended up playing for the Royals, and yeah. the, the Royals were rock bottom of that league. But obviously, I went in. Funny, Stuart Allen was actually in that team, so I came in. We actually drew that game. I think Conor McCauley was playing in the other team, and he was just peppering, 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 peppering. Save after save after save. I think it finished 2-2. But I felt amazing after that game. And that's what Boys League does for you. Yeah. You know, it, it it's games when there's not really any pressure. No. And it makes you feel a million dollars. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's like, it seems like a bit of fun to people, but the kids it's it's serious for them. Like yeah. that league is be all and end all for, yeah. for them three, four 100%. months. Hundred percent. And it gets them used to like 
you know, even going into a junior level, a welfare level, you yeah. know, gets you the competitive edge in you, um, a wee bit of hunger for, like, you know, you know yourself. I I had a few games last season where we'd absolutely hammer teams, maybe put eight or nine past them, and the feeling amongst the team, like, I only see it as a manager, but the, the feeling amongst the lads, like, I was never a great football player. Uh-huh. Um, I probably got better as I got older. I thought that, that was kind of my issue, but my fitness never stayed, maintained its way either. <laughs> Amen, brother. There's <laughs> <laughs> uh, reason I'm coaching now. I can tell other people to do it. It's easier to do it that way, mate. Um, no, Boys League have always says it. It's, it's, it's the best, most physical, competitive form of football in Murray. And... Any any scouts within the Murray area and not watching that league are missing out. Hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. And it's a shame because you don't really get the Inverness, Ross County, Aberdeen coaches anymore. Mm-hmm. But I think that's testament to what Elgin have done with their development yeah. and their pathway for youth players. You know, I remember. I don't know if it was a home game, and you know the the, the young lads, Robbie Hope's lot had maybe been training at Morriston or or out the back. Um, well it wouldn't have been out the back we'd been at the side because the flood alleviation had been done and there was a kid walked past with 139 on his top and I was like Jesus we've, there's a hundred and th- there's at least 139 youth players at this club Yeah, that's that unbelievable <laughs> like wow yeah it's mad isn't it it's nuts like how do you how do you you know I, I, you know Queen's Park were always in our development league but they had two teams Yeah, and I never thought I'd see that amount of players in Elgin that you know each kind of youth team could have almost two teams mm-hmm. uh, it was unbelievable to see 139 in somebody's tracky top it's it's a testament as well you look at Elgin team now you've still got players like Soapy's been there mm-hmm. 17, 18 years won't move on won't move on you've got player, young players like Finn Allen and that coming yeah. into the team these Ballers. days yeah absolutely um, brilliant players we had Aidan Cruikshank Aidan Cruikshank at Dufton and I've deliberately only included one Dufton player in my team because I want to talk about that whole squad later on. Yeah. But if Aiden gets the right development, he's going to be some player. I think he could be the next Soapy without putting that pressure on him. Yeah. He's just... He's fast and he's strong. He, he he's, he's lean and he looks like you could blow him over. But he's strong, he rides a challenge and he's got the personality already. Yeah. You know, he's a cheeky little <laughs> cheeky little fucker, but I, I like that. And he's a really nice guy. And for somebody of that age to have the balls to step up and take the final penalty to win duffed in their first trophy, it's it's says something, mate. A hundred percent. You know, and says something. Steve Mackay obviously seen something in him as well to take him to near and mm-hmm. you know. And just and, and I I hope more of that comes through. But and I mean this with tongue in cheek, but I hope there's never any young Elgin goalies play more than 20 games for Elgin City because I hold that record. <laughs> but yeah, no, I hope that, you know, like Ollie Kelly can get a run in the team or somebody else coming through. You know, even even Tom Ritchie, if he's released by Aberdeen, comes and signs with Elgin. You know, he goes on to play over 150 games like Thomas McHale's done. Yeah. You know, and... Who do you think is the best goalkeeper in the Hell League just now? Uh, do you know what it's, it's an easy answer but he's not playing right now is Joe Mallon but Logan Ross has has taken that um, I've always been a big fan of uh, Hobdy 
funny story about Hobby. <laughs> I don't know if I can tell this on air. We can um, cut out if it's too uh, mad. <laughs> it, it's, not, it's not that it's too mad. It might make me and Stoz look like absolute fucking wonkers. Okay. <laughs> um, Hobdy's a good guy. You know, I've known yeah. Hobdy for a long time. He, he, he came and trained with us. Nigel left Elgin but kept doing the community goalkeeping side of things when he was working in Aberdeen and he had this goalkeeper that he, he wanted to take to training. So I later found out, you know, as he calls himself the Hob, yeah. was um, staying in Stonehaven. So he was travelling through to Lossie to, to train with us. And mad. Do you know what? I'm not ashamed to admit this because I was a, I was, do you know what? One, I was going through a bad time in life, awful time in life. And my personal skills probably hadn't developed. But when Nigel took him in, I took that to heart. I'm like, why is he trying to replace me? I'm Nigel's boy. I'm Nigel's boy. Why is he taking somebody <laughs> else in? You can fuck off. So, and I, I don't know if, if Stoz really felt the same way as I did or he just wanted to get in on the patter. But we were doing this shooting drill where we're, the goalie's in the goal and we're all kind of in an arc. So Stoz started on that side and I started on this side. And it was the first, the first strike in the drill. So it started with me and went round. I've wrapped this thing opposite top bins. I'll never do it again in my life. Unbelievable finish. And it's come round. And Stoz, right-footed, has done the same thing on the opposite side. Just arrowed this thing right past Hobby and it's started with me again. And I did it again. And I'll never do it again. I was like, yeah, fucking welcome our training you. You know, welcome. <laughs> it's how good our goalies are. It's how good our goalies are. Where you see our strikers, man? <laughs> and anyway, my personal feelings got the better of me and me and Nigel ended up having a massive blowout um, arguing and, and, and fighting with each other. And that's something I massively regret. Massively regret that because I couldn't communicate to him how I felt. And... I, I really should have done because I was old enough to to be able to understand that I just didn't at the time yeah and that that probably started my downward downward spiral out of Elgin City you know imagine fighting with a coach what does that say about you as a person yeah. you know like just aggressive angry nasty horrible guy and that that wasn't me but that's, that was me in that per and then that in that point in time that was me just Angry all the time. Yeah, just, just angry all the time, you know. But going back to your question, right now, without a doubt, Stuart Knight. Yeah. Stuart Knight. Good keeper. Um, good I, I want to mention... Um, oh, Christ, I've forgotten his last name. I think, <coughs> I think it's McKen Dylan McKenzie. Okay. Is it Dylan McKenzie at Nairn? I hope I've not forgotten his name because I've, I've trained with Dylan. I still speak to Dylan. Yeah, yeah great guy. Yeah. Great guy. Mikey Fraser was working with him. It is just for keepers camp in Inverness, and he was a he was at Clach, and then he was training with Clach and Mike. Sorry, didn't do a good job explaining that. Mikey Fraser was training Dylan at his just for keepers camp while Dylan was still at Clach in the Cudden, and Clach had trained across the Astro from us at Milburn, and it was just Dylan and Mikey was like, oh, just just come on over and come and train with us, come and train with me, Blacking Stars. And this guy is like a cat, so yeah. agile, so springy, you know, and he's, he's the near number one. Yeah. And I really hope, I can't believe I've forgotten his last name. I'm sure it's Mackenzie. We can dub that in, can't we, Ryan? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, um, he's definitely up there. Um, I don't know what's happened to Martin McKinnon. He was, a, he was at Clark. I don't know where he's gone. Um, Sean McCarthy as well, again, 
trained with him when, when Mikey Fraser was with us. He came in, I don't know if it was a trial or he just came in to train with us, but he came in with Mikey Fraser and that as well because they were at Ross County together. Yeah. Um, another another great goalie. And obviously I got to mention Toshi as well. Yeah. Toshi, just, we just seem to just bounce off each other and you know, yeah, I know what you're saying. Just, just a really good guy fantastic um, so how's it how kind of what's life like for a young goalkeeper in the Highland League hard yeah hard you can't make a mistake and we need to nurture our goalies to a point where they have to be allowed to make mistakes yeah so when I once I, said the same thing yeah when I so I left Elgin I think I played about 20 games. For I've some got, reason, 24 is in my head. You've got but 24, and then I've got also, you, you came on 15 times for them. But I don't know, that might be wrong. <laughs> well, see, I, I thought that as well, and yeah. I'm sure somebody's done that, and I, I, I feel like 24 is the number. Hmm. Would that include, like, friendlies and stuff like that? I wonder, if, I wonder yeah. if that's what that is. I wonder if that's that friendlies. what used to happen... A, because you were in, how many years were you at Elgin for Blackie? I'd quite probably a few. About 11 and a half. Yeah, quite a few. And then in and around that ter- first team for at least half of that. Well, I my very first training session with the first team was 14. Oh, I went okay. up to Dingwall with Stevie Dunn at 14. And then I didn't go back. And then that following season, I did the pre season with Stevie Dunn and John Calder. And Paul Robertson, Michael Miel, Keen Wilkinson were all around at that time. But yeah. Fast forward to the end of the season, you know, it was just me that was hanging about with John Calder at, at training and, you know, I, I got on the bench and then I got my debut at 15 mm. and then that was me. I yeah. didn't look back. So from 15 to 21, you know, I must have played in, excuse me, a good couple of friendlies, but I didn't play. Do you know what it is? Do you know what it is? It's youth games. Youth games. Not youth games, 21 games. Right, okay. Um, yeah. Which get disbanded after the car crash. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's what it was. It was a youth league at the time. Okay. So that's what those 15 are, so kind of still senior appearances. But you've also, like, you you were you were number two for quite quite a while. You were number two during the Rangers season. Um, so I remember the first game John Gibson went down injured after about 20 minutes I was like fuck <laughs> you're the kind of person to be nervous about that percent, 100% 100% shite myself <laughs> and he, he, I think he was just I think he was really just running the clock down Aye. and he got back up no problems um, he got back up no problems but funny story actually and this isn't so much like a claim to fame but I replaced Dennis Winers. I came on and replaced Dennis Wine as that. I, to me, that just blows my mind. But Raymond Jamela gets sent off at Ann and away. Um, so they had to make a sub. Yeah. Only 10 minutes to go. And I've gone the right way for the penalty, but it's gone between my knee and my elbow. It's gone in. And then we're doing really well seeing the game out. And Paul Harkins gives me about a 45-yard back pass. No pressure. I couldn't control it. I tried it. I, I couldn't control it. Like it kept bouncing away from me and eventually I got it under control and I was about to just launch it and I'm sure it's Kenny Mackay, big lad, fast. I think he's got his own podcast now. I know you're on it. Just nicked in, went round me and scored and you're like, Jesus. I was a mess after that. Yeah. You you know, I think that was only like my fourth appearance. 
mm-hmm. and it, I get going back to making mistakes. You know, I really should have gone out on loan, even if it was to somebody like New Elgin, and just made mistakes because mm-hmm. it would have done wonders for my development. In that moment, I'd have just kicked out of the park. Yeah, you know, and, and Paul Harkins was really good, and he apologised. He said I shouldn't have given it back. And I was like, look, I had years to take a touch there was nobody near me but that's how fast Kenny Mackay was yeah but right, yeah. I, I had time I had I just taken a better touch and kicked it to fuck it would have been a different story we would have got out there by a point um, but just a little follow on after that Jim Chapman and his assistant were really good to me they spoke to me after the game um, and that relationship kind of stuck so I, d- I don't really know what happened. It was probably because I gifted them a goal. You know what fans are like. So when my name got read out on the tannoy, when we went back to Galabank, I used to get a cheer from the fans. <laughs> small victories, eh? Small, small, small victories. Uh, uh, small victories. Um, yeah, so when I was actually, when I was told to stay away from the first team, you know, when all that shit happened, Annan was the next game. And I walked around, stay away from the Elgin dugout because I wanted to watch the football, but I should have just stayed away. Again, arrogant, obnoxious arsehole went to the game anyway. Um, But I I walked around the ground and Jim Chapman actually took five minutes to speak to me instead of managing his team. Just, oh, what's happening? You know what you're doing? Not in the squad, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you know, you see little victories. Yeah. Little victories. I'm I'm like that. Hey, I'll take I'll take the smallest of victories. Yeah. It doesn't bother so, me. Like I don't care if those fifteen games are friendly. It's yeah. like that. They're going in there. Hundred percent, bud. Hundred percent. What kind of goalkeeper you, Blackie? I want to say. How would you describe? Do you yourself? know what I would describe? Don't laugh. <laughs> I would describe myself as a Nick Pope, but I don't really come for crosses as much as he does. But I think. For likeness, I'm a Nick Pope kind of goalkeeper. A Nick Pope slash a Ben Foster. Okay. But I just don't have a wonderful left peg like Ben Foster. Yeah. How is your left peg? It's getting better. Okay. I um playing for the reserves two weeks ago. I got... So Harrogate, are, the railway are total football. Total football. Ping, 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 ping. It's incredible to watch. Yeah. Um, play our way out of trouble all the time. And this, Dan Atkins is, is giving me... A back pass on my left foot, a striker about five yards away, you know. He's he's no more than about 10 yards away from me as well. And I can't move it on my right foot. And it was just a swinging hook. And it, it was fine. I was like, you're getting better. That, that left foot's getting better. It's not for standing on anymore. <laughs> I can't speak with four-year-olds get better left foot than I do. Like, it's unbelievable. Um, kind of talking about that, is there anyone that you replicate your game after or did when you were growing up? There was a lot. There was a lot, you know, I remember the first time I seen Peter Schmeichel, you know, big, aggressive. We'd have a few mentions of the big man on here, like. But you can't do that. Everybody, everybody says they want a Peter Schmeichel, but they're not willing to give you the 18 crosses to come and miss and then catch Mm -hmm. the one for you to get your confidence. Because Schmeichel would come 16 yards off his line, take a cross. You know, if you get a chance, you should watch his Bronby highlights how far he comes for a cross and he catches it in one hand it's ridiculous yeah and that that just wasn't me I, I couldn't be that and everybody was like I oh, want you to be aggressive like Peter Schmeichel and it's like sure I've got six red cards to my name you know and only one of them was for a handball outside the box the rest of them for violent conduct 
Yeah. You know, so the, the aggressive side of thing clearly didn't work. And then I seen people like Van der Sar and, and Cassius and Neuer and Buffon who don't stress, stress-free, calm, just calm. And that's what I want to be. That's what I strive to be to the point that I've had the assistant manager at the first team <coughs> and the reserve manager, you know, he's come up to me and he's like, you're such a common influence on the team. You you build us through games. You know, there was one game we had a lad sent off. Both that you get sent off. He had to make the challenge. He, he had to. The guy was run through and goal. It was a one-on-one. Take him down. We were, I think it was 1-1 at the time. And he's chopped him down. And it was like the Alamo, just attack after attack after attack. And my partner was in the stand behind me and I turned to her at a goal kick and I said to her, it's just like being at home. It's just like being at home, just having to defend and talk teams through games. You know, you're a man down. And this is where your organisation comes into things. And I don't think I've ever had the credit of being an organiser. I don't think anybody would ever give me that credit, but I think my communication and my organisation is a super skill. It's mm-hmm. my it's my super skill, and we went on to win the game two one. Yeah, we seen it out, and it was like you know, just being enthusiastic about defending because straight away, the boys almost went back in themselves, and it's like, no, just be a calm influence, talk them through the game. Don't stress if somebody makes a mistake. Don't stress, right? It's happened. You know, I don't care. Did the score? No. Like, yeah, calm down. Get back to it. You know, just relax, and and we saw the game out. You know, so being a calm go, and you want to fly about and make these camera saves, and they all look amazing. But you never get them. I've had like three of them in my career. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just I want to be a Casillas, short sleeves, and then I want to be a Ben Foster, sales gloves, night boots. Um, excuse me, and I just think, I just think. Tempos are the comfiest boot that have ever been made. So I, I love a Nike tempo and, you know, that fits the Ben Foster look. Yeah. Um, and I, I played on that slightly. Cause Still I, playing them now? Yes. Yeah. Um, I won't move from cells. These actually, um, they're cell sport. Story behind them for later on when I'm at Dufton, but the ones underneath are cells. They're from 2014 from the World Cup, actually. Wow. Funnily enough, when... Ben Foster got his one in one World Cup appearance. That would be the model of glove he was wearing. Um, I'm not going to tell where I get them from because inevitably I'll be after them. Um, so that, that's that's my little secret. But I will not pay full price for sales. But I know where to get them. I know who to speak to to get them from. Okay. Um, because they're ridiculous. He's just released his new range and the probably the the knockdown. It's not the knockdown version, but he's got his premium range and his kind of what would you say elite and pro that's that's what Nike do with their boots they've got their elite the pro and their academy so probably his pro pro glove will cost you about £100 now Wow. and I'm not paying that for gloves but Just Keepers were having a sale on one specific black model and I must have picked up about six pairs of them for 20 quid yeah and I was like I'm taking that and I actually moved away from Nike in in pre-season um, I wore a pair of the the premiers, the the white and black premiers against Harrogate Town, and I gave away a penalty, and I felt like I couldn't kick 
because it felt like I was wearing slippers. They were that comfortable. I felt like I couldn't kick. So I got a back pass and this big lad running at me. I thought, well, well, I'll use my experience. I'll draw him in. I'll take a touch wide and I'll put my arm across him. I've done that. He's gone down the referee's point for a penalty. So they went into, they went to become a training boot. So I'm wearing a pair of Adidas boots now and my boots have to be white. Yeah. White or yellow. Mine have to be green. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's funny that I, I get that. Like I don't like a black glove, but the black glove that I bought off of Just Keep It Incredible, I want my gloves to be white. Mm-hmm. But they they were just they did the job so that I'll get more. Yeah. I'll get more. Do you wear the kind of new style gloves as well without no. the strap? No. No, you can get them in the bin. Yeah. Disgusting. But you that, tried them. No. No. Uh, D Day did. D Day New Elgin did. He he actually quite liked them. I don't know. I don't think they were Nike. In, uh, indie brand, sorry. We've got um well I've got a development squad as part of our welfare team and a few of the guys like a few of the guys have got the, the strapless ones a few of the guys are more the old school with the straps uh-huh. I think it's just a preference thing isn't it I, do you know what it is and what I what I really like about my glove is the bandage yeah is is this specific bandage I, I like that and I like a latex strap not all gloves come with a latex strap um some of them come with a plastic strap, but I, I love the bandage and a lot of companies now are moving to neoprene. Yeah. And I don't like it. They're they're neoprene actually. I I don't like it because it, it moves. Mm-hmm. Whereas the bandage you get a good yep. tight seal. I feel I feel the new ones are very sticky as well, you know. Yeah, you can't get Casper Schmeichel said that, you know, when he was with Adidas at the World Cup, he's like I don't want to spend 40 minutes trying to get my gloves on. I've already got to try and sort out this armband. You know, I've got to get my the pendant ready. You know, I've got to get my towel, my bottle. I don't want to spend 20 minutes asking boys to put my gloves on just so I can go and go to the toilet. Yeah. And he said, like, I'm getting away with it. And that's why he released his own ones. And now he's with Ulsport, who I don't think have ever released a strapless model. No. They've changed to a really nice model, which is... So there's nothing on the front and on the back it's kind of like a half and half. So one goes that way and the other one comes over the top. Yep. It's a really nice model. Can you remember your favourite pair of gloves as a kid? Yes. So can I. Yeah. What were yours? You go first. Uh, Night Krakens. Right, okay. I think Tim Howard wore a pair of them when he was with Metro Stars. Night Krakens. Mine were Roosh or Roish or however you want to pronounce it. And Kevin Cuthbert had the same model. I didn't know this at the time. I just walked into... What were they called? County Sport in Perth. And they were really nice. They were just an all-white glove with a blue finger that kind of came and then it came into here and then the whole backhand mm-hmm. went to blue and then it cut off and went to a white, only to a half strap. They were lovely. I searched everywhere for a pair of them and, and couldn't find them again. Yeah, That was primary seven. I wore them for the whole season. They were incredible. And... Every one of them but an aqua glove, aqua latex, so they're superb in the wet. That's what yeah. sellers are known for. Those Rouge at the time were a wet weather glove. I didn't know that at the time until, you know, you try and find them, you read the description, yada, yada, yada. I have to wear a wet weather latex or I don't feel comfortable. Yeah, feel like you're slipping. A lot of a lot of the new gloves and a lot of the indie brands like Cali Air and, and One Glove and Adidas now, their gloves come with a plastic film on them you have to take off. And I find it 
they're not very good in the wet. Great in the dry, but it'll pick up like mud on dry pitches. So I just think if you have an all-round glove, mm-hmm. you keep them damp, they're going to last you much longer and your hands are going to be better for it. Yeah. Whereas, uh, you know, TikTok, social media, you know, the guy rips the plastic off his glove and he sticks it to his kitchen cupboard and like, why do you want that? Why do you want that? I don't want, you know, it it has happened. Mean stores have spoken about it. Like before, before Miter started introducing the the dimples into their sort of pro range balls, the big shiny, you remember the the Miter ones when Rangers came down, they were, they were gold, Bill, they were white, blue and gold. Yes, I do. They were just like the iron brew ball, they were just shiny. It would stick to your glove. So when you go to release it to kick it, it's still stuck to your glove. You know, of, of course, that's no exaggeration, but it delays you by that half second when your hip flexor and your your leg is already going to kick it. It's still in your glove, and you just end up spooning it. Yeah, you know, I, I don't want my glove to be that sticky. I don't know why you'd want that. It's, it's, it's counterproductive. Not yeah, not practical. All right for catching the ball, but nothing else. No, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And goalies these days don't catch much anymore. No, no, a lot of parrying and punching these days. And um, all for that. Yeah, that's my kind of. I I for a long time I didn't like crosses. I'll be honest, I still don't. So when the striker comes and stands to me, I like perfect, and I say to him, "Don't you move? You stay right there because if you stay right there, I don't have to come for this cross." <laughs> he's like, "All right, okay." So, the last twenty threes game I played actually down in Wakefield on Monday, he came back and he was like, "Same deal." I was like, "Yep, same deal. You just you just stand there, and you know." And, I, I do like to talk to my opponent during the game as well. You get you get a good crack with some of them as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry, I forgot what we were talking about. <laughs> no, it's all right. No, it's um, we're kind of flying through the questions anyway, Stuart. Um, in your opinion, who is the best goalkeeper of all time? Of all time? Yeah. Me. No, I'm joking. <laughs> sorry. My mum will be raging that I've said that. I told her my starting 11. She's like, how dare you put yourself in your starting 11? It's like, I can't You've pick. Got to. I can, well, I'm glad you said that. I couldn't pick a goalie. You've got I couldn't. To, man. Out of, we'll talk about it later. But out of all the goalies, I couldn't pick one. Um, Alison Becker. Wow. Alison Becker for me just now, and I'm going to give you a left ball shout as well mm. because I've missed somebody out my my team. I was humming and hearing about it, and I've missed her out. Um, I think Mary Earps as well just now is incredible. Yeah, the, the English goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, and what she's doing for the game for the girls of it, or the women or ladies of England is phenomenal and the English the lionesses you know behind Mary Earps is a, a young lass called Hannah Hampton she's at Chelsea she's number two at Chelsea just now but she was Villa's number one again an incredible goalkeeper and Southampton have a young lass who plays for the lioness 21s and I can't remember her name. I'm sure it's Kendall. Again, another phenomenal goalkeeper. Yeah. But, you know, I know Ederson's just won goalie of the year. Uh, him and, and Becker are just so similar. Mm-hmm. But I just think Becker just is a better all-round goalie. Can score goals as well. I can score goals. <laughs> I mean, a great header. It's, it's every goalie's dream to score a goal. Yeah. Um. But you ever came, that's something I asked Alan. Have you ever came close to scoring this year? I have. I used to take penalties for Lambride 
Um, that's what we want. That's the kind of guess we're after, right? I've never scored a bit of Sene going on the goal. Like I've, I've, <laughs> ne- <laughs> I've never scored in an eleven a side goal, but I scored a boys league. Mm-hmm. But it was just it was just a friendly. Went up for a corner. Funny story, actually. Again, this relates back to Joe Mallon. Um, it wasn't long after the St Johnston goalkeeper Matt Glennon had scored. He went up for a corner against Ross County. Yeah. And Stuart Garden, Ross County goalie, had come off injured. And it was Joe Mallon that was in goal. Ah, right, okay. Um, so, yeah. It circles it, again. It circles man. again. And then, obviously, you get Jimmy Glass. So, it was a few, I want to say a week or two after that, I went up for a corner against St Giles. My team. And we were, <laughs> I think I think we were, I don't know if we were losing or if we were drawn. And nobody told me to. I just, I just went up. I just wanted to. I just went up, and it, it just fell to me. The, the ball just fell to me. Took it. Believe it or not, took a touch from my right foot and just hammered it into the goal of my left foot. Um, sorry, windy. And yeah, so I scored there. I scored at Soccer Sevens. Um, I think I scored two at Soccer Sevens in Lambride. Yeah. Again, up for a corner. Um, that was the first one. The second one was just a long kick. Bounced over the goalie's head and went in. Um, in 11 aside goals, I have hit the crossbar. Wow. From a kick out my hands. That was against Keith Grammer at Milnes. Um, chasing the game. And it literally was like everybody forward. Harry Bruce had just started his refereeing journey and he'd yeah. refereed the, I think it was the first years, and he came out standing behind the goal and we're having a chat during the game. And I've come, believe it or not, taking this cross and everybody's up the pitch and I've just wellied this thing and I'm so angry because the goalie touched on at the bar I ah, thought it was going over his head if he hasn't touched aye, it he hasn't it. touched it it's going on but it's hit the bar and we've scored the rebound you know I've got loads of assists well yeah. not loads of assists but I've got a couple of assists in my locker as well Yeah, uh, which you know like Alan said it's a little bit more satisfying actually yeah. an assist because it's it's your part in the team Mm-hmm. You know, it's not something you get to do. You, what I found with the railway is that everything starts with the goalie. Yeah. One of the gaffers, Rob, is really big on that. He's like, dictate the tempo. You dictate the tempo. You set how we play. You want to play fast. You play fast. You want to play slow. You play slow. That doesn't my, uh, that doesn't bother me. But you dictate, mm-hmm. which I think is a great message for young goalies as well. Yep, I agree. Um, but yeah, I'd I'd love to score a goal. We um again actually we're playing. Funny enough, my my recent assist was in the same game I'm about to talk about. I was I was wanting to get the attention of one of the young lads, Charlie Dunn. Great footballer, great footballer, but he looks on the eye. He looks lazy, passing yeah. things look a little bit sloppy, but he's he is sharp. He is quick, and I was trying to get his attention. And everyone's like, oh Stuart, you're gonna you're gonna take the. Penalty. I was like, no, don't don't be silly. I'm not going to embarrass the young lad like that. Don't be silly. So like, like Charlie, come here. I just want to talk to you about something. So I wish I took the penalty, but I couldn't embarrass a young lad like that. I couldn't. It's not right. And like Tim Howard said, and Asmir Begovic said, you know, when you score a goal, that's not really meant. Like, don't get me wrong. See, like Becker's one with his header. That's different. Go go and celebrate that. But yeah. you know, like if you're Tim Howard and you just give it the big boom, or Asmir Begovic over Boric, you just give it the big boom. Yeah. It's a wee bit embarrassing. Yeah. And if you can avoid that, I would want to avoid that. You would hate the roles to be reversed. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. And Lee, go pull your mic a little bit down. Sorry, it sounds mate. a bit distant, mate. Sorry. 
It doesn't have to be closer as long as it's just like kind of below your mouth when you're there projecting. Sorry. It's all right. And it, it just, yeah, you're right. You, you know, I, I, I just know that they would celebrate against me. And yeah. I, I just want to have that in the back of my head. That, yeah, do you know what? It'd be brilliant to score a goal, but just like, don't embarrass the young lad. Because mm. a lot of the goalies I come up against in the 23s are younger. Yeah. You know, and, and that goalie that day had a great game. You yeah. know, his dad was behind my goal speaking to me about things and... He was our best player. He was only 16. Mm -hmm. He was the best player. And I could tell because with a lot of young goalies, they can't kick. Yes, At a young I, age, they can't kick. And I, I had the exception this year in my boys' league. Yeah. Rory, um, I'll not say his second name on here, but uh, he's at Elgin under 12 just now. He's only 10 or 11. Fantastic. But his kicking is his weapon. Yeah. Um, he was clearing the boys' league pitch. I had to tell him to like, scale back the kicking a bit. Uh, yeah. You know, um, I scored 35 goals this season through a fast striker and his kicking. Yeah. You know, and see if you can just find the formula where it works. It's a uh, cheat code. Yeah. It's a yeah. cheat code. Like, I missed him out of my team because I was going to, I was thinking about Haaland and, but, you know, he's the big target man now and he'll mm. score loads of goals. But I missed Paul Miller. You imagine having Paul Miller in your team just to hit that. Six foot ten. Six foot ten. And <laughs> the guy was actually really quite good. We would have got promotion that year if he didn't get injured. Yeah. 100% you know and it was a shame that it was in the was it the home leg was it the Albion Rovers home leg he went down or was it the game before that I'm sure it was I'm sure it was Albion Rovers home leg because he should have had about three hat-tricks in the home leg and he missed quite a lot of football through his work as well yeah, didn't he yeah, yeah but he so. again another really really nice guy yep a lot of time for Paul Miller so I'm glad I mentioned him because he's not on my team <laughs> Um, what would you consider your best save Blocky now, again, I was thinking about this on my way through. I can't really remember any of my saves. So the penalty that I saved for Dufton in the Elginshire Cup final, I thought I went the other way, but I didn't. I went that way. Okay. So I, I, can't, I can't really remember all my great saves. Have you got a penalty uh, technique for saving? Like, you yeah. maybe don't want to give it away on no, here. No, yes, yes, and no. Ben Cullen again, another exceptional striker. Hummed and hate about putting him in my team. You give him the ball in the box, he will score. End up, he he will score. lazy. No offense, Ben, lazy, but he will score. He will get you goals from anywhere. Perfect example. My my only assist for Dufton, long ball at the park, and he's just he's read it, he's read it, he's read it, and it's just boop off his head and then the guy was about 20 yards out yeah. he, he just knows what to do how to do and he just knows where the net is so he told me something and since then I've followed on with it and that year I think I saved about 7 penalties and then the year after I must have faced about 10 and only saved 2 right, <laughs> it, okay. it really is 50-50 these guys like Michelle Vorm and Fabianski are incredible Penalty savers, if you you know if that's what you want to say, they're incredible penalty savers. Some people are just really good at it. Some mm -hmm. people just get really lucky. Some people study. Some people go with the scouting report and what they're told. But I know, like David de Gea, prefers to do his own thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean that didn't work out for him in the Europa League Cup final. But you know, shit happens. You know, you're gonna you got to have you've got to have your own feeling. Yep. And what I'll do is I'll walk behind the striker. 
So if he's got the ball in his hand on the penalty spot, as soon as the referee blows his whistle, he's given the penalty, don't get involved with the referee, I start walking the other way. You slow the time down. I'll sometimes pick the ball up and have a little bit of a feel, so he has to replace it. But I, I don't look at him. I just walk back to my goal, the referee will be like, hurry up or on your line or yad, yad, yad. I say, yeah, sure, no worries, I'm going to grab a drink. And then face him and I just look at him and I just think, right, where can I visualise this penalty going? And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But, you know, Stonehaven away and dice at home, I get lucky twice. <laughs> and, you know. You'll take it, you'll take it. The Stonehaven game is mad. You know, saved the, f- the first penalty was really soft. Um, saved it. I don't like looking back on that. That's not in my highlight reel because I look really slow getting back up. And... You know he's he's hit the rebound. I think I think I've punched the rebound away, and then he's followed it up, and the guy's blocked it on his arm, blocked it with his arm in the line. Red card penalty, same side, saved again, held on for a for a one 0 win. Eh, sorry, held on for a one one draw, and then dice. You know, a good friend of mine was refereeing that day, Aaron Crookshank, one of the funniest boys you'll ever meet. A really really funny guy. His dad John was my high school coach and one of my coaches at youth level. Elgin, lovely guy, lovely family. Sister Aisha's lovely, Sally the mum, lovely, they're all just a really lovely family, you know, and it's, you know, he was refereeing the game, he didn't know if it would to go ahead or not, because the top corner at Westburn gets really boggy. Yeah. Um. So, I don't know if he delayed kick-off, or, you know, or if we just went and did it anyway, the game got played, you know, and it's dice and they're bombarding us, Dunner's heading everything away, Gear's heading everything away, Gear actually had to come off, Gear get concussion, so it stopped the game for a while. Um, but yeah, Aaron gives a penalty. Probably was a penalty. Sam Robertson stamps. Sam Robertson steps up, and we were having a bit of back and forth. Not non-verbals, you know, just really? like asking, like, do you take penalties? Like, not really, you know, for a striker, you know, I, I don't really take penalties. Like, oh, okay. save many. Not not really, you know, but fifty fifty went the right way, saved it, and then. Somebody dived in in the second half, penalty again, saved that one too, you know, and then you get to the, the Forest Sissel Cup final, saved one, went the right way with the other one, didn't get, I, my hand got trapped, couldn't quite get to it, you know, you're not supposed to save penalties. No, no, it's it's not in the goalie's favour. It's not, and it feels fucking amazing when you do save one, it, it does, but you have to calm yourself down, you know. The only penalty I saved for Elgin City was against Gary Wood at Montrose. Um, Stuart McKenzie was in goal that day, actually. Um, and on the back of that, I got my trial with Aberdeen. We won 4-0, I got man of the match. You know, I'm pretty sure that broke my toe. I went one way and I've put it over the bar with my toe and my toe was in agony, but I was just so excited. Like, Duffers and, and Twiggy were like, just, just calm down, you know, we've still got this game to play. Just... just Try and calm yourself down, you know, because you want to get it's so exciting. It's like, nah, it's just calm, and that's what goes back to being a calm goalie. Yeah, that's experience of them all showing through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good guys as well. I'm again, it was Marvin Andrews or or Jamie Duff, yeah. and you know, Marvin Andrews played at the World Cup. Mm-hmm. You know, I played with Duffers again at Rothis, I played one game in pre season for Rothis, and again, it just like we'd never been apart. Yeah, strolled it. Yeah, it makes the game easy for you. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And Duffers was really good at communicating with me. Whereas Twiggy maybe wasn't so much. Yeah. Um, 
Twiggy, like kind of like the Roy Keane. Yeah. You don't want to fuck with him. No, but not at all. There was one training session I did though, and I found out <laughs> playing the game of whack fuck. <laughs> and we were something happened. He was shouting at somebody. Or he was shouting at me. I started shouting back at him, and he's grabbed me like that, and he's thrown me to the floor. But I've I've grabbed his bib so that if you're if you're throwing me, you're coming with me. And 100%, yeah. you know, but you know, he was brand new about it on Saturday. We spoke about it, and he's like, "Look, you can't be behaving like that." And like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. Can't be behaving like that, but you know, Twiggy could play anywhere. Yeah, you'll take it from someone like him. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. What kind of time are we on, Ryan? Sorry, just about hit the hour, mate. I did okay. send you the text, but I okay. take it. It's, uh... No, it's all right. I think my phone's on uh, silent. So it's all right. Um, okay, we're just kind of going to wrap up questions. Last couple, and then we're going to get on your one eleven, Blocky. Cool. Um, who's the best player you've played with? See, that's difficult because that that's difficult because I played with Rob Uhill last Monday, so he's one of the gaffers at Harrogate Railway, and he is a baller. I think he played USL in America. Pretty sure he played for Harrogate Town in League Two. I'm not sure about that. I think he definitely played for Harrogate Town, but wasn't sure it was in League Two or the National League. Mm-hmm. Guy's a baller, you know. Yeah. Dennis Wynas, incredible, you know so much time in space I remember in the small state of games looking at him and he was being picked up I'm just going to use Twiggy as an example Twiggy was picking him up and I literally looked away to look at my other side and Dennis is just he's just moved about half a yard nobody near him and the ball just falls to his feet tucks it in yeah. you know Craig Gunn you know what did I need to say about Gunny goals Shane Sutherland goals I'm really not sure Soapy would probably probably be my number one. But there's this young lad at, at Harrogate Railway, Harry Bandera, he's on the bench. Yeah, that's the only person I couldn't find anything about. Unbelievable. Yeah. And wee guy, really, re- do you know what? He reminds me of Xander Jack, but yeah. smaller and no offence, Xander, but much better looking. <laughs> lovely guy his dad's lovely his dad was speaking to me through one of the games lovely guy he's a, he's a cartoonist he's a big Middlesbrough fan he's a lovely guy and because of housing situations and things I, I spent a lot of time away from the railway this season and came back and the first thing he said to me was Stuart it's lovely to hear your voice again great to see you but going back to Harry small guy amazing feet and he can take a kick and he will give a kick. He can do everything like Dennis. He's always got space. I really hope this kid goes to the top. Still a young lad. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like, And you think about how good Soapy is. Mm-hmm. You know, and you, th- you throw Gavin Morrison in there as well. You know, he went back to Inverness, you know. Yeah. Quality player. Quality. That, that whole Elgin squad was full of quality players. Mm-hmm. You know, I couldn't... Very experienced Elgin team. Yeah. Very you know, it's a shame that they never won the league. Yeah. Or promotion could you just I was just kind of like going through stats can you tell me how many games Soapy's had for Elgin he's well over 300 isn't he he's 538 games 500 538 games and, nah. he's, and he's only 32 years old so I reckon he's got another 150 games in him at least that's nuts yeah so what's is Coops on 300 then Coops is on 300 that's what yeah. I've seen recently yeah another really nice I, do you know what for a right back I completely forgot sorry Coops I completely <laughs> forgot about you mate yeah quality players yeah. like really good players yeah. 
Um, who's the best player you've played against, Blackie? So, the token answer here is going to be Andy Robertson. Okay, yeah. But, I could, so I, I missed him out, and I've missed him in my team, but I could throw Lawrence Shankland in there. So well, I yeah. played with Lawrence Shankland at Aberdeen. I say played, I trained with him once, and I sat next to him on the bus. But, you know, we spoke to each other, because we knew each other from, you know, coming across each other in League Two, and then youth development you know there was this one I was actually talking to the boy at work um, shout out to to Liam Wheatley who I'm working with he's a really nice guy his brother played for Middlesbrough Reserves Joe Wheatley actually sorted me out with tickets to go and watch Starlington the other day so yeah appreciate that guys Um, speaking to him about this specific game I had downed like four bottles of LucasAid Energy on the way to Lesser Hamden and for the first 30 minutes I was incredible incredible and then I crashed and we got battered like 9-0 and Lawrence Shanklin ripped us apart yeah honest ripped us apart but you know Lawrence Shanklin Andy Robertson you know Ryan Christie you mm. know throw those boys in there as well I, I can't really remember any goalies I've played against I want to say I played against Lee Kelly, uh, Liam Kelly but I actually think it was Blair Curry excuse me yeah. we went down to Went down to Murrayfield and got battered 19-0. Wow. Uh, that's not the heaviest defeat of my career. Um, I got beat 23-2 off of St Johnston. But I wanted to go back on. That's I wanted to bit. just make more saves. Yeah. Just make more saves. Um, but yeah, like... And I'm sure it could have been worse than 23-2, Blackie. Do you know what? I can't really remember <laughs> any saves from that game. <laughs> <laughs> just a blur now. <laughs> just, just what a lot of them are. But yeah, so like to answer your question, it's probably going to have to be one of those guys because yeah. I can't really think, apart from Shanks, I can't really think about any other Stephen McLean. Stephen McLean. I, I knew um, I had to mention Stephen yeah. McLean. He was very complimentary to me after the... Elgin City St Johnston game you know because it was like a, it was like an ongoing battle between me and Graham Cummings like how yes. many shots he missed and how many I saved and again I was shite myself all the way through that game but I felt amazing and then you know there's a there's a nice picture I think a fan it might actually been um, it might actually been Paul Jameson that took the picture Um but there's a really nice picture of me kind of like organising everybody. Shout out to PJ. Shout out to PJ, another yeah, great guy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, there's a really nice picture of Steve McLean just standing next to me. And I, I use that one quite a lot, you know, especially when he left St. Johnson on his, own, on his own terms. You know, he was really nice to me after the game and that. And, you know, I always like to talk to the, sorry, getting going off tangent, I always like to talk to the sub goalie if I can get a chance to. And it just happened to be Alan Manis okay, that, that was there that day. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I had to. I had to speak to a lot of them, won't talk to you, but it was Alan Manis. I was like, nice to meet you, how you doing? Like, I always well. remember Alan Manis as the guy that came about Alan after Alan Main and kind of sounded like Alan Main. So yeah. it, was, it was like, it was just the replacement. And then it was like, they went from Alan Main to Alan Manis and it was like, He's kind of the same. He'll do. He can. And, and, and do you know what, Alan? You might hate me for this, but I don't know if he was. I mean, he's up there with one of you know. Alan is considered the best St. Johnston goalkeeper. Full stop. But you've got Xander Clark and and Alan Manis will rival that. And I asked Alan, I asked Manis how the Euros were. And he went, "Thanks for asking, pal. Nobody else has asked me." 
Mm-hmm. You know, it was amazing. What an experience it was. He said it was unbelievable. Yeah. And it was just that five seconds of humanness, mm-hmm. you know, talking to a professional football, somebody I've watched on the TV that I've idolised as well. And like, I've just had five seconds of proper human. I could have asked him how his dog was and he would have given me the same time of day. Yeah. That was incredible. Yeah. You know, that whole St. Johnson squad, like Liam Craig ran the show that day. Incredible. Danny Swanson beat me to the man of the match because of his wonder strike. Mm-hmm. You know, good it's, team. Yeah, really good team. it was a really good team. Yeah. I think the year before they had won the Scottish Cup, I think that was 2014, that was the, the year they won the Scottish Cup. And then maybe a year, maybe two years after that. So they still had a lot of the same players. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the likes of Halloran, who'd maybe moved on. But Spoonie wasn't playing, Stevie May was away at the time. But I'm sure, sure Stephen Anderson didn't play. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It was Alan Mayne said Stephen Anderson was absolutely a honking player, so I'll hold you to that, Alan Mayne. Well, do you know what, Alan? The two of us can't be wrong. He made a career out of himself, didn't he? Um, but yeah, that that goal against Dundee United, just as header, you know. I listened to a lot of uh, off the ball. That was something me and my dad grew up watching, you know. And Stuart Cosgrove was a big, a big St Johnston fan, and they did a segment on off the ball. You know, if you could print a a commentator's line that will forever go down in history of, of your club, you know, that line of Chesniak struggling and it's Anderson with the goal, you know, that, that's, I mean, that was St. Johnson's first ever major trophy and it was Stephen Anderson. Yeah, it was a massive thing and I feel bad for Chesniak in that moment because I remember actually seeing him meet, I couldn't get tickets and then within the last minute, Barry Wilson was like, I'm not going to the game put his tickets back to the office and you know at like half past four and on the Friday Kate Taylor phones shout out to Kate by the way lovely I love Kate so much time for her and she's like Blackie you know Barry's not going to the game do you want his tickets like fucking yes please yeah. you know and my birthday's the 15th of May two days you know uh, it was the final and uh, seven, sorry May the 17th was a final you know the big thing about that was that Stevie May wore May 17 on the back of his shirt that year yeah. and just to be there and get it and anyway so I'm, I'm in the main stand and I'm actually surrounded by Dundee United fans and you know I, I'm looking at Chersniak and you can see him down and beating up and it was just again the, the humanness in, in that moment to see Chersniak but you know you've got empathy for the goalie but elation because you're winning the lap you know, and, you know, why did he come for it? Well, if he didn't come for it, you know, was the result, the result was probably still going to be the same. It was probably still going to be a goal. He was not going to react to it. Yeah, no, it's the same, exactly. You know. Yeah. Okay, last question out my 14, 14 questions. Biggest achievement in football? I think it has probably... Do you know what? I'm going to sidestep that. I was going to say my debut at 15 because that's a hell of an achievement, especially for a goalie. But I'm going to have to say that trophy with Dufton. Yep. That trophy with Dufton. Um, that team, that year, just an incredible team. You know, we we finished third and, and we ended up going up. You know, we got to a cup final against all the big boys, you know, and then to win the the Elginshire Cup, you know, there was a big there was a big hoo-ha about it as well. Apparently, like, Isla Vale had 
finished on a better record than, than Forest Thistle, but the game has been held at Forest Thistle's pitch, so it was Forest Thistle that got, got into the final as well, and Forest Thistle had beat us in the group 3-0, you know, so it was a big game, and, you know, edgy. Like it was re- I can, I can, not that there was a lot of fans there, but yeah, it was tense, and yeah. it was edgy, and we weren't ourselves, and I just, you know, People forget, like, I, I like to bring this up, people forget that our first goals come from me. I've come and punched the corner away and we've broke up and scored. You know, and that's like, oh, Blackie doesn't come for crosses. Well, fuck you. <laughs> I've just set up a goal because I've come for a fucking cross and yeah. we've gone on to score and we've gone on to win the trophy. You know, so I, that, Aberdeen as well, you know, being able to, to go on trial with Aberdeen and, you know, like Russell Anderson was there, you know. Graham Shinney was there. Johnny Hayes, the, the Kenny McLean, these kind of boys were there. Da- I think David Goodwillie was there at the time as well. Um, but Danny Rogers. I mean, even Jamie Langfield gets a lot of shit, but what a goalie he was as well. Yeah. You know, Robbie Much was there. He's now air. You know, that as well. That, unfortunately, didn't go the way I wanted it to. Trained the Monday. We had a game Tuesday and Jim Weir, the gaffer, phones. He said, I don't think, I, I, I don't want you training. I'm like, yeah, sure, you're the gaffer, no worries. I won't train because it was a heavy load. It was Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. Um, played against Brecon. Sorry, played against Berwick. The 21s were playing on the Wednesday, so I didn't go in Wednesday. I didn't go in Thursday because the 21s were off. Yeah. And then Friday, my gran got taken not well. Uh, I'm not sure if that was maybe her bowel cancer. Uh, it was it was something so I I I chose not I chose to, to be with the family instead. Um, so that, that's that's unfortunate. But I just I tell everybody I broke my finger, so we'll, we'll edit that out. I, I broke my <laughs> finger. That's why I never went back. Um, uh, but yeah, and North of Scotland as well. Like you think playing for the North of Scotland is such a big achievement, and I didn't. I didn't. The one game I played was a disaster, and I I I managed to break my toe so I didn't actually go back yeah. um, Who, any boys in your any names in your north of Scotland select you do you remember? know what not that I can remember no. no because they weren't interested in me and I wasn't interested a lot of them were Inverness players yeah and just wasn't I hate that we were 3-0 up totally against the run of play and a striker has been giving me the nudge and the punch and the kick at the corner so I've clipped him as I've caught it I clipped him the referee's given a penalty we lost 4-3 there was Man United scouts and there was Man City scouts at the game and you're like fuck why did I do that the big games then I don't know, people I don't think the, the kids maybe realise it but the adults don't realise how big them games no. are yeah I think Ross Jack was really pushing for me to go back mm-hmm. I was like well I couldn't train because I'd, I'd broken my big toe and you know but I couldn't kick it's your big toe yeah you know but the Milnes team as well, that Milnes team that won the North of Scotland Cup, you know, there's only one player, apart from me, there's only one player still playing and that's Sam Harrison, he's he's at Ellen. But to win the North of Scotland Cup for a team like, like Milnes as well, you know, that's a massive achievement. Um, I was a captain of that as well. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, do you know what? <coughs> Whatever you want, people might laugh, people might take the piss, people will garn. That's just I don't give a f- I don't give a shit anymore. I've I've learned not to care about other people and what they think. But I've had a good career. Mm-hmm. I've had a very good career. I was talking to my my mum about this today. Actually, you know, 
that Stuart Knight is going to have the pleasure of playing against Celtic and Rangers. But that's because he's stuck in the game for so long. You know, Daryl McCarty, okay, didn't play against Rangers, but he was on the bench. He was there, and now he's going to play against Celtic. Yep. You know, and I just, I was saying, I wonder I wonder if I st- what's going to happen to me if I stick in for long enough? And then I said, well, actually, have I had it? Have I had my luck? Because I played against St. Johnston, played very well against St. Johnston, played against my hero, who was Xander Clark. And I played against my other hero, who was Kevin Cuthbert when he was at Wraith Rovers. And he said some very complimentary things in Northern Scott as well. Mm. But, you know, I just wasn't good enough to be Elgin. That's that's the bottom line. You gave it a crack, though. I tried. And I I feel that if I had developed better as a person, I would have stayed there. And Mm. if I didn't have what was going on in my personal life, I wouldn't have reacted the way that I did. Yeah. But, you know, I people don't know this, but I've spoken to Jim Weir since. Mm-hmm. You know, he actually, I was painting by Bell Group, I was painting by the Briggs, and, you know, he came up during the close season. So I actually had a nice chat with him. That was the year I went to Lossie. And I had a really nice chat with him, you know. And, that, and that's, like, football's not personal. No. You know, I did something I shouldn't have done. And I got punished for it. And that's, that's the bottom line. Yeah. That's the bottom line. And I get it as well, because... Graham Tatter spoke to me about it afterwards and he was like, yeah, Jim Weir came to us and said, we're going to have to get another goalie. Blackie's making two mistakes. He's going to cost us. And it's like, that's fine. Mm. That's fine. I just want the the openness. Do you know? Cause I, because I was. I mean, that pre-season, you know, after the East Fife game of the last season, Jim had, sorry, the gaffer had come to me and he was like, we're going to go with you as our number one next year. Um... Sorry, that's the wrong season. It was the Clyde season. Um, oh, yeah. When we got beaten in the playoffs mm-hmm. when Kyle McLeod had to come off. Dylan Easton came off as well. Um, he came and me, pulled me into the office at the end of the we were going to go with you as our number one next year. I personally think you would have done better with one of the goals. Um, and believe it or not, Mark Hurst holds the most clean sheets for an Elgin City goalkeeper. And that blew my mind because, you know, I always felt I was better than him. But he was playing ahead of me because he was at St Johnston. Yeah. And I want to make this perfectly clear. Hursty is a lovely guy. And I shouldn't have been... I wasn't cold with him, but I should have been warmer with him. But again, that we were the same age. And, you know, you want that shirt. And you want to prove that it's that shirt. Because I played against Wraith Rovers that year and I was really good. I played against Spartans and I wasn't that good. Got away with that. Funny, actually, Eddie Malone played for St. Johnston. He cannoned a header off the crossbar in the second half. And, you know, it was like, holy shit. We only beat them one nil, And I believe it was Archie McPhee in the 90th minute. Yeah. You know, fine margins. You know, I didn't really have anything to do, but it wasn't that good. But played Morton at the start of the year as well in the, in the League Cup. And again, I was I was really good. First 45 minutes kept everything... Went in at nil-nil at half-time, but then Denny Johnson comes out and scores a hat-trick. And we lose lose five nil, and you know you're like, yes, Gaffer, love what you're saying. Do you know what? I think I would have saved all of them. Do you know what? I think I would have done. And that was probably the moment my fate was sealed. When I turned around to Gaffer, I meant, I think I would have saved all of them. You know, we then play Keith in a preseason friendly, and I come, just one of these easy pick the ball up, just just pick the ball up, goes through my hands, goes through my legs. The striker runs in, and scores. You're like shit, and then. The linesman at the Strass Bay friendly has killed me. Crosses come in, it was a little bit slidey. I actually had a pair of cell sports on and they weren't the best. 
and I've dropped it, picked it up again. I'm nowhere near my goal line. I'm nowhere near the goal line. The yeah. line just puts flag up goal. That's killed me. And then I'm a bag of fucking nerves for, for the rest of it. I'm a bag of nerves. And then you see the draw for the Betfred and you're like, St. Johnston. You're buzzing because it's St. Johnston, but then you're like, fuck, I've not had a good start. This could be anything. Falkirk, fuck. Sterling Albion, fuck. Mm. Brechin, fuck. Yeah. Excuse the language, guys. Sorry, by the way. You're more than welcome. <laughs> um, Falkirk was an experience, a nice stadium. You yeah. know, I don't know what more I could have done with the goals. I probably could have done more, but I thought it was one of my better games. Yes. St. Johnston was probably... St. Johnston and Cowdenbeath were probably my two best games that year for Elgin. Kept a clean sheet away to Cowdenbeath. Perfect. Dropped the next day. Go and get another goal in. But again, understandable. I was kind of half expecting it. You know, but then he gets recalled and then we're away to Berwick Rangers. And I'd, this is a this is a good story for young goalies. I was given a back pass by, by Twiggy. Well, not by Twiggy. I was given a back pass. And I've all, I always encourage goalies to take a touch and then clear because it'll bobble over your foot and... So I've taken a touch and, I, and I've cleared that it. it's hit the striker's foot and it's gone out for a goal kick. No dramas, no dramas, but Twiggy being Twiggy is in a fucking rage because it's not to his standard. And I get that as a 28-year-old now, I get that not to his standard. And Twiggy, I appreciate it. I'm the goalie I am because of you now, because of your standards. I, really, that that's true. But yeah, came in at half-time and Jim Weir has gone fucking through me. You're like... What's wrong with you? You look scared. You look petrified. You look like you're lost. You know, you look like you're scared to do something out there. And it's like, I obviously didn't react. And my mum says I do this thing. And my partner says I do this thing. I just look at people. Like I look at them like they're stupid. I look like, I don't mean it. And I really don't mean it. And he was like, take that fucking look off your face as well. I'm like, I'm, I'm taking, I, I am, I'm shitting myself. And in my head, I'm like, Yes, I am scared to make a mistake because I'll get crucified for any mistake yeah. I fucking make. Yeah, you exactly, know, man. And then we come to the Clyde game, and you know, I've headed that ball away. In the moment, I thought it was the right thing to do, and I'm gonna hang Thomas Riley out here. By the way, you know, if he wins that ball, that Pizzo, St. Johnson player as well, Pizzo, Pierre McDonald, does not volley that over my head. And, you know, people were saying, oh, you didn't even make an effort to get back to your goal. I, mean, I was running as fast as I could. I was in treacle. I could not move. I was trying my fastest to get back to my goal. was a fucking brilliant finisher as well. Brilliant finisher. And, you know, you're like, shit. Of, of all the things. But Cami Mackay, that year against Arnbroth in the League Cup, had come out of his box, out, out to the byline, probably in line with his penalty spot, shanked his clearance, and the guy tapped it into an empty net. So why did I get more shit? Yeah. I got more shit because I kept making mistakes. Yeah. Had I gone out on loan and made those mistakes elsewhere, who knows, but I might still be the Elgin goalie. You know, there might have been no need to, to bring in these other goalies. Yeah. And little victories, like we were saying earlier, little victories, it makes me feel that little bit better that Elgin went through so many goalies after I left in that period of time I think they went through like 10 goalies in 3 years yeah. before they finally found the exceptional goalkeeper in Thomas McHale by the way Unreal. he is unbelievable Unreal. and the frame on him as well proper taper I felt so bad for um, 
Tom in his first season because we had Kyle Gourley on yeah. loan. And Kyle Gourley obviously had an appearance thing for Dundee United. He had to have so many appearances. And it just held back Tom. And then he went way back to England uh -huh. in about COVID time. And I thought, oh no, we're going to lose this guy. Came back. He's unbelievable. He's massive. Brilliant, brilliant goalie. Brilliant He's about goalie. six foot four as well. And a really nice guy. Yeah. You know, I've never had the pleasure of actually speaking to him until coming across him on match day. Yeah. And a really nice guy. Really lovely guy. And it's like see if I was fitter and in a better condition before I left I would have picked up the phone and asked Gavin and asked him look can I come in and train with you guys can I come in and train with Thomas yeah. and Ollie because I need to shout out to Ollie as well part of his warm up is you hammer this volley at him from like six yards on the angle and he holds it every single one of them all six of them he holds and then you do the exact same but from the ground and he holds every single one of them and he's like that's come from Thomas McGill yeah and that if that's the standard that all he's got to that would have been exceptional to go and see and go and be part of and yeah i agree with you wholeheartedly mate absolutely that's been quite a quite a buzz for the last hour and a bit blackie <laughs> you've given us some absolute gold in there mate um my next part's year one to eleven now you've played with all these players it's quite quite obvious that i'm going to read through it and then I'm going to pick out some names because I think we, we spoke about like uh, uh, Mark Nicholson and things like that mm -hmm. uh, quite a bit. Um, Twiggy, as, as you call him, yeah. for people listening. And we spoke about Sotope, but we'll go Blackie and Goals, David Niven, right back, Michael Dunn, centre back, Paul Kazan, centre back, Alan Dempsey, left back. Your two centre midfielders are Twiggy and Sopey. And then you've got Dylan Easton as like a cam, and then you've got a front three of uh, Craig Gunn, Shane Southerland, and uh, Wynas. Your bench is Paul McMullen, Liam Gordon, Chris McLeish, brilliant player, uh, Harry Bandiera. Yes, good pronunciation. Uh, Marvin Andrews, Paul Harkins, and Ali Gilchrist. You've also the first person to give me a coaching team. I like this. I, like I couldn't. This. I couldn't not mention the four of them. Yeah. So it's. Um, so we've got Jim Stables, Charlie Charlesworth, Davy Ness, and James Reed. Okay, so the first name that sticks out to me there is Dylan Easton. Um, tell me a little bit about Dylan, because I've seen Dylan for a, a little while, Elgin, and he was a special player. So I don't know if you guys remember the viral thing, the, the head challenge into the bin. It first started with... Dylan Easton going round the young lads at St. Johnston, head, 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 and into the bin. It was his yeah. video that okay. went viral. And that's when I, you know, not realised, but that's when I first heard of Dylan Easton. Like, yeah. oh, this guy's obviously quite technical. He's the only guy I've seen chip a six foot three goalie in seven aside goals, probably smaller. <laughs> you know, the St. Johnston lads, so Hursty, Dylan Easton, I'm sure. I'm sure Connor McLaren came up as well that with that training session and Dylan was in, in my team in this particular incident and Hursty's come out close. He's dinked them about three or four times. That's how good Dylan Easton was. He, he could just make, magician. make magic happen. Yeah. You know, and Ian Murray's just on a podcast with Cy Ferry and he spoke about how you handle somebody like Dylan Easton. And you know, you've you got to let him do his own thing. And Jim Weir was brilliant with that as well. It's like the Ferguson story about Cantona. Yes. You know, they, they all turn up in their their black tie event and he turns up in a white shirt and he, he nudges the other two. He's like, 
boys, that's class, that's style, that, that's style. You know, you're like, nobody else would get away with it. No. <laughs> you know, nobody else would get away with it. And Dylan, lovely guy. Yeah. Lovely guy as well. Um, my next name is, I've got a funny story about him as well, because his mum was actually my babysitter for many years when I was younger, is Michael Dunn. I love Dunner. You know, yeah. I didn't want to sign for Dufton. I want to go to White Hills. Yeah. And I didn't want to go to Dufton specifically because I didn't want to play with Dunner because I was scared. I was like, fuck, this guy has played with so many good goalies. You know, his dad, Stevie Dunn, he's got standards that he wants of a goalie. And I don't know if I can meet his standards. Mm. So I wanted to go to I wanted to go to White Hill. And then Joe Russell was like, No, you you're going to Dufton. Dufton really want you. We're going to arrange that. It's kinda of already done. And I love Michael. I've got so much time for him, I think, as a player and as a coach and as a person. You couldn't meet a nice person. Mm. He looks like he's going to fucking kill you all the time. I have got to say, I've watched him in quite a bit of Highland League over the years. He was a year above me in school, so I played in school teams. Well, I wouldn't have played in direct school teams, but Seafield School, he was there, and I was he's, his little brother's two years younger than me, uh -huh. so we, we were round about each other and things, but... He was a scary guy yeah. and yeah. he just, he just, I just remember him screaming at players. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, shit. So there was one game against Vale. I was playing for Lossy. He was obviously at Vale. And I don't know what's happened, but I've ended up coming for a cross. And I've pulled his shirt. I've pulled him back. Or maybe I've like pulled him out the way to get past him. And he just whapped me one with a nut in the back of the head. And everybody's going, oh, and I couldn't give a fuck. I just want to get on with the game. I wasn't I wasn't willing to fight with Dunner because I I actually thought somebody like Michael might respect me more for not reacting. Yeah. You know, and, and not making a big deal of it. Like, you know, it happens. Mm -hmm. it ha and then the minute you cross that white line, you're back in the change room, you're best pals. Yes. And I, something interesting I picked up about Dunner as well is he doesn't get nervous. But I know when he's nervous because that's when he shouts at me. He never shouts at me at all, ever. Yeah. But there was, there was a game, I don't know. There, there's one game I want to talk about, but I can't remember the other two that he shouted. The Forest Thistle was one of them. And he was probably right this time. But, you know, he would have a go at me in certain situations because he couldn't have a go at anybody else because they would shrink into their shell. Yes. And we would have a back and forth and then it's fine. But then there was the mod game. So... This is when we were in the Super League and thing, things weren't going so well and it was a big game because Maud were a couple of points above us and if we had won the game, we pulled it back. Um, and there's a... This is where, young kids, this is where you need a relationship with your centre-half. Um, it's a cutback and, you know, like, Dunner's not willing to slide in case he scores. I'm not willing to dive in case it goes past me and, you know, it's a tap-in. So he shouted and screamed at me for that and I gave him a bit back and then literally... 30 seconds later, there's a stoppage in play and we're next to each other, talking to each other about it. Like, yeah. Blackie, I'm not going to win for that because, you know, I want you to take charge of that situation because you've got the better angle for it. And I'm like, right, well, see, I thought it was too far out for me. And you're like, sure, fine. No bother, no worries. Like, everything's sorted, you know. Mm -hmm. And after that, we went on to win the game 2-1. And talking about best saves, actually, Two of them happened in that game. I was incredible for the last two, three minutes. Like 
there was this one save later the the referee put or the linesman put his flag up for offside but I've just stuck my boot out literally just reacted to whatever was going on and it's just hit my big toe and gone away like everybody was all over that save and it must have been a great save and then laterally towards like must have been like seconds to go the cross came in I can't come for it it's come towards me Dunner's headed away and the guy's just rifled it at me from like a yard and it's just whopped me just clean in the chest and you just stand up and you take it or you'd want to stand up and you take it and I've collapsed to the deck hoping the referee's going to stop the game because we're under pressure here and he did but you know that last 10 minutes of that game is like the second best game I've ever played in my life the other the other one was that that um, Nairn game I made 15 saves we finished nil nil. <laughs> that's some record of 15 like I think the record for a Premier League game something like 13 isn't it so I'm sure Tim Cruel was on 14 14 but I wanted to talk about this was Tim Howard at the World Cup 2014 World Cup was the World Cup of goalies yeah. and Tim Howard made 16 saves in that game and you're like every single one of them you're like wow that is some good going and that was like I struggled for confidence for a long time yeah. And I thought, well, if I count how productive I am in the game, if I count my saves, I, I know I can go home and feel good about myself, although we've lost. So mm-hmm. that's how I know I made 15. Like, that's one off the world record. Yeah, and highly like, Tim Howard did that over 120 minutes. I did that over 90 minutes, 90. Yeah. you know. And, uh, you know, credit to Joe Russell as well. He was very complimentary in the paper as well. You know, people think we have a strained relationship or whatnot, but I've got a lot of time for Joe. Yeah. I've got a lot of time for Joe and I'm really sad to hear about what happened with him at Lossy. And I, I wanted to reach out, but I didn't want him to think I was being a wanker and yada, yada, yada. But I, I hope he sees now that I was probably one of the only people really behind him at Lossy and yeah. really wanted him to succeed. Yeah. But, you know, like, what the fuck does it matter? I play in England now. You yeah. know, I might never come across Joe again ever. But Joe's a really nice guy and he was really helpful with me when I was going through my depression. Uh, it's it good to hear, man. It really is. Um, next on my list, we kind of spoke about Gunny. Shane Sutherland. Shane Sutherland's an, an absolute animal, in my opinion. He's so. We, had, we were away to Berwick Rangers and he scored a hat trick and he's come on the bus and he's like, oh, guys, gosh, we're back. I swore back I, Do you know what I think it was I think everybody's going to Newcastle It must have been at Christmas time I think everybody's going to Newcastle For a night out But Myself And Shane And a couple others Were, were staying at home And like, Oh what's wrong And he's like I'm Fucking sore back From carrying you lot Every week <laughs> You know people, like Shane was a really funny guy He was a really nice guy as well Yeah You know And just Deadly Like, mm. But like All those strikers like Even Dylan Easton Just deadly Within 20 yards of the goal it's, I always just remember him, what he would do is he would come short and take the ball and he'd draw, draw the defender out with him and then he'd be round him. Yeah. He'd maybe pa- to pass it back to Soapy, he'd be round the defender and Soapy would just put a wee ball over or a wee ball round and one-on-one the goalkeeper or not. The problem you had at Elgin was the fact that you had Shane, Gunny and Soapy. Mm-hmm. You couldn't play the three of them, you know, Shane up top himself with Soapy in the 10 was a cheat code but yep. you couldn't not have Gunny in your team yep. but having Gunny come in off the right just 
nullified what Gunny was good at. Mm-hmm. And you just, you, you could never, I think Ross Jack did a really good job of it. And I think Jim Weir did a really good job of trying to make the, the, the two of them work. You know, and it, like Soapy in the 10 for me, that's his position. Yeah. I want Soapy in my 10, but yeah. I, I had my team set out and then I must have seen something. I was Dylan Easton. I was like, oh shit, I forgot about Dylan Easton. Mm-hmm. So, but the season he's having, I can't not include him. Like I said, I missed Lauren Shankland. It's unbelievable. But I wouldn't swap Shanks for any of those three. No. Um, one of my favourite players I've seen over the last 10 years at Elgin was Chris McLeish. Yes, um, Pico. One of the hardest working players I've ever seen in my life. And hands down, that guy would run and run and run and run. So that's what I was going to talk to you about the Cowden Beath game. You know, Biko chased everything that he's part of the reason we got that one nil because he just chased everything every goal kick every throw he wasn't actually in the selection i put ben cullen in okay and then something about gene field swift popped up on my my twitter timeline and i was like is he back there just now i think so i was like fuck Biko. i forgot about Biko. Like, how like there's not much between him and ben cullen except that Biko will give you that work rate yeah and he will just Run mm. and score, and he a nice guy as well. Yep. So was so was Chrissy Dodd. I feel bad that he's not in the team. And he's either. done so much of the dirty work for the likes of Shane, Shane and Gunny, and, Gunny. Mm-hmm. and he was just he'd go in, he'd take the heavy challenge, he just knock the ball on, and you know he'd leave it easy for these guys a lot yeah. of the time. Um, Paul Harkins, we kind of spoke. He he got sent off against Rangers, and I, I'm a Celtic fan, so I'll, I'll go on about this. Elgin actually held on for a one-one draw against Rangers um, down to 10 men for 45 minutes so I believe we were the first team that year to take points off of Rangers at Ibrox but then Annan and Peterhead went on to beat them yeah (laughs) (laughs) but that was surreal Mm. you know and he'll hate me for not mentioning him so I'll need to shout out Keaton McLean he was the one that drew the foul for the free kick that led to Duffer's header to the Neil Alexander juggling act that le- le- led to the goal and I felt awful for Neil Alexander. I actually tried to speak to him after the game. He 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 took on what I was saying, you know, like he appreciated what I was saying, but I was just so delirious that I wanted to go and speak, run and celebrate in front of the fans. Yeah. You know, and like me and me and Joe Mallon very rarely embraced each other. Like 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 men, like, oh, you get the fist bump, you get the high five after a good set and that, but we weren't like close and hugging and joking, but we hugged each other tight after you know that because that's what it meant to everybody. Yeah, it's fucking Rangers. It's huge, it's huge, mate. And you know the first the first Rangers game we took the lead. Mm-hmm. Jamie Duff again, by the way, with a superb goal. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? And um, it's the the last one I'm going to mention. Um, because he's kind of a tie to before I go into your coaching team. Liam Gordon, he's got a tie at both your teams. So, <sighs> see when people hear my life story and things and that, I'm sure they think 98% of it is bullshit. But when I tell people that I know Liam Gordon mm-hmm. on a personal level, yeah. that we played football together, our mums worked together in the call centre at the Hydro in Perth, People like fuck off. Yeah, but we do to the point. Believe it or not, I bumped into him in Tesco the other the other Friday when I was on the way down to Darlington. Yeah, and it was funny because I walk I walked in to grab a bottle of water. 
around the island. I seen this guy, his fashion sense, by the way. Sorry, Gordo, but your fashion sense is a little bit iffy. <laughs> he was wearing this long, white, silvery trench coat. And I was like, I think that's Liam Gordon. And I grabbed my, he was at the other end of the aisle. And I kind of looked at him. I grabbed my bottle of water. I walked off. thought, I'm not going to bother him. You know, he probably won't remember. Yeah. So I walked off, went back to the meal deal section at the front. And here he comes comes around to me and we stopped and had a really good conversation and he he made me feel a million times better in myself and I'm like that's why you're the St Johnston captain yeah because of the way you speak and the way you hold yourself and the fact you've got time for everybody mm-hmm. but my mum said his mum was a lovely lovely person as well yep. and I believe his sister's a lovely a lovely person too but it, it's the fact that Liam took the time to actually speak to me and he said you know as you can see, I'm not in the best shape. I'm having a couple of issues. I have to get blood tests. You know, I have to go back and forth to doctors and things. And he was like, "Look, you just got to get through it, mate. If you want, if you want to play football, you know, you just got to get through it." Because I said to him, "I can't run. Mm-hmm. I can't run." He says, "Why can't you run?" I says, "My legs just, my legs want to go. My lungs just won't let me." And he's like, "You just got to dig deep, and you just got to go for it. You, if you, if you can't run." excuse me, if you can't run for that length of time, split it into segments. Mm-hmm. So that's what I do. I can now run up to 15 kilometres, but if I stop, if I run my first kilometre and stop, second stop, third stop, I stop for a minute and, you know, that's how I get my fitness. Yeah. And that's come from just a conversation with Liam Gordon. It's amazing how things can change like that, isn't it? Uh, yeah, you know, he just, uh, so, do you know what? This is not... The Black 11, this is the good guy 11. Yeah, I agree with that, mate. Um, we'll quickly touch on your management because I am aware we're kind of bearing on time a little bit. Um, out of your four fear management team, which one do you want to give a mention out of Jim Stable, Charlie Charlesworth, Davy Ness, and James Reed? So I'll just quickly chat, uh, tie up. Uh, I want to talk about Nessie, but I'll mm-hmm. just quickly talk about Chef Jim and Charlie. Brilliant, love them. Sorry for the time, love them. Chef gave me the armband when he came in, when he became the manager. So I've got to mention Chef. He obviously seen something that he liked. You know, he went on to talk about my professionalism that maybe is lacking at that level. And I don't take things that seriously. So for him to say that, I was buzzing off my tits. But Nessie, goalie coach. If I could take him everywhere, Mm -hmm. I would take him everywhere. (laughs) He gives me zero credit for anything. Like, do you see that save? You should be making it. (laughs) <laughs> fucking hell Nessie just give me the credit just yeah. do you know what it's like try to get praise from your dad yeah. <laughs> but Nessie will make you feel a billion dollars not even a, he'll make you feel like you're the best person in the world yeah I love Nessie you know like Nigel I love Nessie you know I couldn't pick a goalie mm-hmm. in my starting eleven. that's why I put myself in there you know Xander Clark Joe Mallon Mikey Fraser Ross Laidlaw you know Cammy Mackay, who, by the way, I think should be Cali's number one incredible goalie. Yeah. You know, shout out to Jonathan Dash, who's at the railway, who's keeping me out of the team just now. You know, he's he's only 18, exceptional goalkeeper. Uh, but Nessie just, just makes you feel a million dollars. You know, he's just a nice guy, lovely guy. And, you know, he took me in and he says, what do you want to achieve with Dufton? Because you shouldn't be here. He says, you should be playing for Elgin City. You shouldn't be here. What do you want to achieve? I says, I want to be here two years. And I'll tell you right now, Nessie, that if we're at Dufton, I want promotion, I want a trophy, and I want an end-of-season award because I want to be the best fucking player in this team because I know that I can be. You know, 
and there were so many great players in that team. You know, you get the Stable Brothers, you know, unfortunate to miss out. Kelvin Main can run all day. Again, a lovely guy, brilliant footballer. Scott Bowie, excellent footballer. Darren Street could run all day. Jack MacArthur, who's an attacking midfielder being played at right back, fucking phenomenal. Yeah. You know, Michael Dunn, Sean Gare, you know, I wanted to put Gare and Dunner as my back four, but I couldn't leave out Paul Kazan. Yeah. You know, because I grew up watching Paul Kazan as well. Yeah. I couldn't leave him out. You know, like I have all those players in Nessus, right? Well, what's stopping you from doing it? What's stopping you from getting that? And we got promotion, we got a cup, and I got two player of the year awards. That's what you need, mate. Yeah. Kind of wrapped that up kind of nicely there, Blackie. I, I do appreciate it, mate. Um, so I've got one question, but I'm going to just quickly say if you're listening to us on Spotify, um, there's three little dots next to the. I'm not saying this right. Not, three little dots next to the podcast, football podcast, football journals podcast. Um, if you click on that, you'll get a little thing that says rate. Can you please give me some five stars, like five stars, five best. stars? Um, You're still trying to find out who gave you the one star yet? Somebody <laughs> gave me a one star, which is because I've noticed the northeast corner has got a recent few five star reviews. I'm, you're at a five star and I'm at a four point eight, so mm. I'm falling behind in these podcast <laughs> yeah. wars. All that, all that bragging <laughs> hasn't gone too well now, is it? I've got twenty five <laughs> reviews and one person has given me a one star. You bitter motherfucker! <laughs> um, I think my favourite conspiracy is when you came out and said, "I think it's my mum and she's done it by accident." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we're also now available on YouTube for people who don't want to pay for a spot. Spotify, even though it's free, I don't know. <laughs> mainly noodles, for <laughs> mainly, yeah. That, that is pointed at you, noodles. Episode one. Um, Do you see the comment I left? I was like, we can count on you for a Patreon subscription. Yeah, exactly. It's it happening. Okay, Blackie. My final question, because you're a goalie, I split it into two parts. Um, if there was a penalty to save your life, who takes the penalty? Me. You take the penalty. I take the penalty. Okay. If there's a goalie who has to save a penalty to save your life. Who saves the penalty? Now, this is going to be controversial, but purely because of his penalty saving expertise, I'm going to go with a left field shout with Michelle Vorm or Casper Schmeichel. First and only ever shout of Michelle Vorm on this palm, I'd say. was a baller, by the way. See when Brendan <clears throat> Rodgers first came into Celtic and he was yeah. talking about Craig Gordon or Doris De Vries. Mm-hmm. You were linked with Michelle Vorm, and I was like, "Go and get him. Go and get him. Go and pay yeah. the money to get him because you would have had him for years." Mm-hmm. You know, we're exceptionally lucky to have Joe Hart and Jack Butland. Yeah, you know, and I'm going to th- mention Dimitar Mitov as well because he's been the best goalie in the league. Mm-hmm. Kel Roos as well. Kel Roos, Sander Clark, Bro. I've barely spoken about as well. You mm-hmm. know, Craig Gordon's back now. Liam Kelly, David Marshall, yep. standard of goalkeeping in Scotland just now is incredible. I, I agree. I and, agree. Can I just give a wee shout out because I was supposed to mention him? Because mm-hmm. he's my future brother-in-law, Doug Russell, and Bex told me where you listen to your podcast. So I love the fact that you're going to be listening to me washing your balls, Doug. And congratulations <laughs> on your engagement, you two. Love that for you. I, I do like that. Congratulations, guys. Um, thank you for your time today, Blackie. I've really enjoyed it. Um, Cracking way to kick off 2024 with the episodes. Um, as I say, I had a wee story for you why I wanted you to get on, and I'm, I think I'd get to finish off the podcast. So, Blackie, when your name popped up, I thought, there's no fucking way this is the same guy. 
So I googled you, and it was the same guy. So you are actually part of my most successful ever Elgin team on Football Manager. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. You were my number one for about five seasons. And then I replaced you with a 33-year-old Julian Speroni. So. I, by the way, <laughs> I love Julian Speroni. I thought he was incredible. Another sales goalie, by the way. So I, I can, I'm glad you made me work. Yeah. I can never make myself yeah, work. Yeah, I made you work. So if things go full circle. I spoke about it a few times tonight, and I... I I, th I like how full circle that has went. I think that was about 10, 10 to 12 years ago I had you. I love yeah. that because in Football Manager 2013, when I was Scott Black, I don't know if it was a glitch, I don't know if it was a mechanic, but I was the best penalty taker at Elgin City. I've got a screenshot. My penalty taking skills are 12. Dennis Wynas was only 11. Everybody else is below that. So hence played professional. Exactly. So hence why I'm taking my penalty. Um, but you'd send me up for a corner and I'd score. <laughs> uh, you know, I've got an affiliation with Wimbledon. I know we're running out of time, but I've got an affiliation with Wimbledon. So I started a save with them, signed myself, obviously, because I'm, yes, I am that arrogant. Um, and I would send myself up for corners and I would score about two or three a game. You know, it, <laughs> glitched it, mate. Glitched, glitched it, it. But no, that yeah. that's awesome. I, I, yeah. You know, thank you. I appreciate that. No, no, the pleasure's all, all mine, mate. Honestly, you, you give me some good memories and uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. No, thank you for having me. It was worth the journey. Cheers, pal. Okay, that's us wrapping, mate.